Blog Talk Radio. I'm a truth terrorist. I'm a knowledge gangster. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. We'll be starting shortly. We'll ask my fellow task force members to get seated so we can start. Thank you. Good morning. Today is Saturday, May 6th. Welcome to the California Reparations Task Force 15th public hearing. As you all know, we are almost to the finish line, so thank you on behalf of the task force for running alongside us uh, on this two-year journey. I'll now turn to Parliamentarian Johnson uh, to establish a quorum. Madam Chair, I will begin uh, to call the roll with Madam Chair. Present. Madam Chair is present. Vice Chair Brown. Present. Vice Chair Brown is present. Member Bradford. Member Bradford is present. Member Grills. Present. Member Grills is present. Member Holder. Member Holder. Member Holder is absent. Member Joan Sawyer. Member Joan Sawyer. Member Joan Sawyer is absent. Member Lewis. Present. Member Lewis is present. Member Montgomery Stepp. Member Montgomery Stepp is present. Member uh, Tamaki, Here. Member Tamaki is present. Madam Chair, <clears throat> excuse me. There are nine members on the task force, and the number required for a quorum is five. The number present is seven. Madam Chair, a quorum has been established. Thank you, Parliamentarian Johnson. Uh, we'll now turn to the public comment period and return to item two, which would be welcoming remarks by elected officials. We'll first turn to the phone lines, which will last for an hour, and then we'll turn to in-person comments. I believe everyone who, has made a, who wants to make a public comment has a number. So now I'll turn to Ms. Aisha Martin-Walton to queue up the phone lines. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning, Chair Moore. Good morning, task force members and the public. My name is Aisha Martin-Walton. I'm with the Department of Justice, and the task force would like to hear from you. The public comment, as Chair Moore had indicated, will be for one hour on the phone lines and then one hour in, um, in person. You will have two minutes to speak, so please be advised in fairness to everyone. At the two-minute mark, you may be politely interrupted. However, please know that there's a public comment period at each of the meetings, and the task force encourages you to participate. You may also submit written comments at any time via email at reparationstaskforce at dlj.ca.gov. So with that, um, Chair Moore, it's uh, my understanding that our host, Mills College, is here and would like to uh, welcome everyone before we switch to public, uh, the phone lines. So representatives from Mills College, please take the mic. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Dr. Ashley Adams, and this is Ife Tile Walker, Dr. Erica Weisinger, and Dr. Darcel Lar. We are the co-founders 
and co-directors of, of the Mills College at Northeastern University Black Reparations Project. The Black Reparations Project is a collaborative effort between students and faculty here at Mills and UC Berkeley's Goldman School of Public Policy. Our work is focused on promoting public education and research on black reparations policies and initiatives. In 2022, Mills College merged with Northeastern University to become Mills College at Northeastern University. Our campus has a proud history of advocating for social justice and equity for black lives, dating back to the late 1950s. When Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and Mrs. Coretta Scott King visited Mills College, and Dr. King spoke to a nearly all-white student audience. In the 1960s, the Mills College Black Student Union rallied for changes to the admissions process that led to an increase in black enrollment, the establishment of black studies courses and programs, and more support for black students on campus. The students also called for the hiring of black faculty and staff members and protested against racial discrimination in the broader community. This legacy continued well through the 1970s when then Black Student Union President Barbara Lee invited Shirley Chisholm, the first African-American woman to be elected to the U.S. Congress, to speak to the Black Student Union. Through our work, we continue to honor and respect these black leaders who have walked these same spaces before us. As we move forward, the Black Reparations Project remains committed to continuing the legacy of leading change in partnership with other leaders in this reparations movement through our dedication to social justice, equity, and solidarity. Our operating principles are based on cultivating joy, prioritizing healing, and the power of love as a force for transformation. As educators, we especially want to uplift the task force's recommendations around educating the public through a truthful telling of our shared history. We have found that when our students and our educators learn about the injustices that have been covered up, they are naturally moved to seek healing for the wrongs. We recognize the connection between individual and collective liberation and that we all need each other to achieve the liberation and social justice we so desperately want. We also commend the task force's recommendations for a multi-intervention approach to addressing the historic atrocity. We appreciate the challenges you have prevailed under over the past two years, and we are here to support you in the next phases of your work. We warmly welcome the California Reparations Task Force members, visiting elected officials, and public participants into this space as we hope to unite with a common sense our shared goal to right the wrongs of our past. Lastly, we acknowledge that the land and labor of the Ohlone people whose connection to this land we remember and whose presence, past, present, and future we respect. As part of the Mills College at Northeastern's commitment to principles of social justice and equity and anti-racism, we acknowledge that we are but stewards of the homeland of the Ohlone people and we honor the continued efforts of the Native and Indigenous community leaders who work to preserve the history and culture of the tribes which make up the Northern California and surrounding region. Thank you.
Thank you, Mills College, for that welcome me message and for hosting us today. Now we'll turn to public Before we start, uh, task force members, if it is um, your pleasure, we would like to acknowledge any elected officials that may be in the room who would like to come up for a moment and, and welcome. Otherwise, as they... Yes, can you please introduce yourself? Absolutely. You're an elected... Yes. So my name is Kevin Jenkins. I am the Oakland City Council member for this district, and I'm so grateful to have you guys here today in Oakland, California. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome you all here to the Reparations Task Force. Um, as a city council member, I'm honored to have the opportunity to share in this crucial event. Today we gather a diverse group of individuals from various disciplines, all of whom share a passion and dedication for addressing the issues of black reparations. It's through the collaborations of these bright minds that we can effectively discuss and promote education and research on reparations policies and initiatives. The Black Reparations Project is a powerful example of what can be achieved when dedicated people join forces. So I want to express my gratitude to everyone here today. Um, your presence and participation in this event underscores the importance and urgency of addressing this topic of reparations. I am confident that through our collective efforts, we can make a significant stride in advancing reparations in our great state of California and ultimately the country. Thank you, and I wish you all a productive and an inspiring day. Thanks so much. Thank you, Thank Councilman you. Jenkins. Thank you. All right, we will resume with uh, public comments. And again, um, uh, those of you in the audience, thank you so much for coming out today. We will start with the phone lines. And, and as elected officials appear, we will uh, allow them to say a couple of words of welcome. So with that, uh, I believe, uh, Trini, we have Amy, who is our AT&T um, representative. AT&T, are you on the line? Hi, I'm here. Hi, good morning, Amy. My name is Aisha Martin-Walton, and we will be taking people in the queue. I will let you know when to introduce each person. So why don't we go ahead and begin and open with the first line. Thank you. We'll go line um, 82. Your line is open. Yes, good morning. LaDonna Williams. I'm hoping the lines are clear because it sounds real spotty on our end. So first I want to say uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, Ms. Chairperson Moore, you declared your alliance with the Tribal Council during the last meeting, and I am forced to check into that Tribal Council before you align with them because they have been very discriminatory and excluding black region issues from the California uh, discussions on on uh, resources that are due to tribal members in California 
and especially targeting black freedmen, trying to keep them out of funding and profiting. I want to recommend that this task force match the $5 million that is uh, being recommended during, uh, for the San Francisco reparations. We want to recommend that uh, the reparations for black Americans be tax exempt. We also want black Americans to be made a protected class like they're doing all of these others and not having to go through two or three years of discovery. To do this, we need immediate protection uh, for black Americans, and we want a separate treatment bureau set up for the reparations. This million dollars we're hearing on the news is just inadequate, and it's a further injustice if that is what this task force is going to recommend for black Americans with the 400-plus years and continuing years of slavery and uh, injustice that we have been forced to endure to even throw a million dollars at us is just an injustice, especially when you compare it to the $450,000 that was being recommended for illegal aliens that came over here, excuse me, immigrants that came over here for two years of suffering. You could come up with that number, yet you throw a million dollars at us. And last but not least, uh, the average person, black person, should have access Time? to you uh, uh, Amy, and committees take a hold, Amy, if you could hold for one moment before you open up the line to the next caller. We do have uh, the distinguished Congresswoman Barbara Lee who is here. So, Chair Moore, if you would like to invite her to the mic. Chair Moore's mic is not on. Please. Hello? Hello? Okay. U.S. Congresswoman Barbara Lee represents Californians in the 12th District, which includes Oakland, and she is the highest-ranking African-American woman appointed to the Democratic leadership. She served as a representative in both the California State Senate and California State Assembly. Congresswoman Lee is a graduate of Mills College. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Well, good morning, everyone. I want to just thank all of you so much uh, for being here. Welcome to my congressional district, the 12th Congressional District of California. And I just want to uh, salute and thank um, our elected officials, of course, uh, Senator Bradford, Councilmember Jenkins, everyone, all of you, my brothers and sisters, who have come out this morning to bear witness to really a historic moment. To uh, Reverend Brown, thank you so much for your leadership. We've known each other for many years. I've been to Mississippi and in the South many, many times. Uh, and sometimes we don't recognize who our national treasures are. He's everywhere. <laughs> and I want to thank you very much for continuing to fight the good fight on behalf of really regaining the soul of this country. So let me take a moment. To, yeah, give uh, Dr. Brown a round of applause because it's remarkable that he's doing this at this point in his life. Let me uh, thank all of you again uh, who have come before us uh, in terms of uh, leading the way, but also uh, taking a moment to lift up uh, our ancestors for whom we firmly stand on their shoulders. Firmly stand on their shoulders. Through our forebearers' uh, tenacity, resilience, and determination, I can stand before you today to thank you to continue to fight the good fight on behalf of them. 
That good fight is being continued, uh, and I want to just say once again to you, um, thank you. It's a privilege to bring together um, scholars, policymakers, activists, people from all backgrounds to discuss and promote education and research on black reparations policies and initiatives. And I'm really proud of the collaborative effort between the faculty and students at UC Berkeley's Gold Goldman School of Public Policy and Mills College at Northeastern University, which of course is my alma mater, was my alma is my alma mater still, I think, <laughs> Mills College is. <laughs> Not Northeastern, Mills College is my alma mater. I'm really inspired by the turnout this morning. It's uh, really the voice of my constituents, it's your voices uh, to, that I try to amplify in the halls of Congress in Washington every day. Reparations are not a luxury for our people, but a human right long overdue for millions of Americans. Millions of Americans. A promise of 40 acres and a mule made to formerly enslaved people over 150 years ago has yet to be filled. And it's critical that the promise be made, that was made to our ancestors many years ago is kept. And the process of truth-telling and racial healing, that's got to be carried out. The atrocities committed against black Americans are undeniable. And reparations are a tangible route to acknowledging and making amends to the glaring economic and social impacts, generational impacts of slavery and systemic racism. And we must repair this damage. We must repair it. The lack of generational wealth due to racism has severely impacted the lives of African Americans in the United States, and we are demanding that the government pay their tax. There's no equality without equity. Now, in recent years, I've led the efforts to support reparations. I have to take a moment to acknowledge, uh, in, in Washington, to acknowledge the late Congressman John Conyers. He introduced H.R. 40 many years ago, and I was proud to have been, I think, the second co-sponsor when I went to Congress. Uh, and of course, at that point, it was very controversial. We actually got our California Democratic Party way back in the day to support H.R. 40. A congressional bill proposed the creation of a commission to study and develop reparations for African Americans. And of course, now I have legislation also that goes along with H.R. 40 to establish a Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Committee. Because we need, that's right, we need it. And I want to applaud you all for taking the lead, because California is leading on this issue. A state, this task force, it's a model for other states in search of repairing the damage, realistic avenues for addressing the need for reparations. And I can't tell you how proud I am, because in the debates in Congress, uh, I'm able to lift you up constantly as we move forward to try to pass H.R. 40. Reparations are not only morally justifiable, but they have the potential to address long-standing racial disparities and inequality. By acknowledging past injustices and offering comprehensive reparations, our government can take a significant step toward reconciliation and healing, or I would say transformation. There's nothing really to reconcile. So I call on all lawmakers and citizens to support 
federal and state level legislation that aims to provide reparations for those who have historically been marginalized and and had to deal with the impact of hundreds of years of being enslaved. Our ancestors fought this fight so that we could be here today for you to carry it forward. And so I just want to make sure that you all know how many of us in Congress support what you're doing. We are looking forward to the completion of the study. Uh, these payments are past due. Hopefully these receipts will be lifted up. And I want to thank you again for the work you're doing to bring in forth really in a very credible way, in a very uh, studious way, but also in a very spirited way, because <laughs> the spirit of our ancestors are here with us today, all of you. <laughs> the work that you're doing, because I know that all is well and it's going to be done. So thank you all again very much. And again, welcome to Oakland, California. Thank you. Thank you. Let's give a applause to Congressman Lee. Uh, Thank you so much. Are there any other elected officials who have showed up this morning to give a very brief remark? Any other elected officials before we resume the public comment? Um, seeing none, hearing none, we will go back to the phone lines. Amy, next caller, please. Thank you. We'll go line 28. Your line's open. Hello? Hello, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Hi, um, my name is Renee Turner, and I am an African American freedman. I mean, a Black American freedman, Negro, person of color, misnamed as African American. The misnaming of African American towards Black American freedmen, as if we are owned as property, stemming from enslavement and the selling of our ancestors by other Africans and not as a culture and lineage of free people, either consciously or subconsciously, has America, people on this panel and the diaspora, acting atrociously and it's traumatizing, expecting us to trauma bond with other people who suffer from the work from their own politicians that look like them, where they are the majority. Um, I also find it interesting that we have already given repair to the diaspora through civil rights, equal employment opportunity, minority enterprise, educational opportunities, housing, anti-poverty, and social programs that were made available for black Americans and not the immigrants. So in my landing statement, I would also like to ask, why is it that we are being treated as people who cannot speak for themselves, have people on a panel misusing money, and also not misrepresenting us because you're not talking to the majority as freedmen. All have talked to freedmen from state to state in America, and we do not appreciate being named African American. We are not with the flat blackness. We want respect for our lineage and our culture, and most importantly, the reparations is the debt to our ancestors. Cut the check. And from the bottom of my heart, I would like to say thank you, and thank you from the bottom of my ancestors' heart as well. Thank you. Amy, next caller, please. Amy, feel free to open the next line. Line 37, your, excuse me. Line 37, your line is open. 
Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Um, okay. I would like to show gratitude to Chairwoman uh, Camilla Moore for staying on task with the original intent of AB 3121, and uh, also by being in line with the will of the people. It's strange to me that lineage-based uh, eligibility was voted on over a year ago, and yet we have to remind other people in this task force every meeting about that vote because they want to go rogue. Here we are at the last meeting, but we are still seeing racial language being used in policy ideas. When there are people in the task force who are lawyers and should know better, the, the DOJ was told to separate universal ideas from reparations proposals because they don't fit the scope of reparations, but that demand seems to have uh, been ignored, and I want an explanation as to why this is the case. Uh, I am still concerned about the misconduct of Cheryl Grills and the mishandling of outreach to our people. Uh, the Bunch Center took a lot of money, um, or took this money that uh, Grills extorted from this task force, and we have nothing to show for it. Every communication form that Grills has brought uh, to the table has been a bust, and I want the DOJ to find time today to explain to the public how we can start an investigation into the instructions on this task force. Um, and within the DOJ itself. Um, that's pretty much all I wanted to say today. Uh, thank you. Uh, we are for lineage-based reparations, and we want policies to be specific to the descendant group, the descendants of American chattel slavery. Okay, thank you. Next caller, Amy, next line. Thank you, line 43, your line is open. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Good morning, my name is Ms. Zinga Griffin. I'm a third generation California and I want to thank, thank the task force for their hard work and for having open meetings. I'm gonna play a portion of the March 4th meeting, day two, part one. Thank you, Chairman Moore. I wanna address this prefacing with this presentation of the public education plan. And it goes to the issue of the, the voter lineage. March of, of 2022, and I think there's been some legitimate concerns spoken about that, and I just wanted to clarify, you know, to remove any doubt uh, for both myself, for Cheryl Grills, and I think for every task force member, on the lineage question, the eligibility issue, the task force has spoken. The task force and uh, as far as I can see, every task force member, including myself, intends to carry out the will of the task force. Period. And so I will say, and maybe this matters less, but from a, from a personal point of view, the uh, reality of a specific harm cloud of foundational black Americans needs to be acknowledged that heretofore has been invisible that has fallen at the bottom of every metric in California that matters absolutely has to be recognized whether that's in common. In closing, Prop 209 repeal is not reparations. 
Racial impact analysis is not reparations. We demand a defining, a section defining the community of eligibility be added to this report. And the separation of reparations recommendations from universal and race-based policies recommendations, you are duty-bound. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments this morning. Amy, next line. Thank you. Line 49, your line is open. Good morning, Task Force members. My name is Ernest Russell, and I'm calling to ask the California Task Force to clarify sections of Part 5 of the final report that are related to racial universal policies that go beyond the scope of AB 3121. As you heard from other callers, universal policies or racial attempts for race-based policies are not reparations, and we would like for the DOJ and the Task Force not to muddy the water with what true reparations looks like. Now, in order to achieve what we are asking for, we would ask for the California Task Force to remove or separate sections of Part 5 of the final report that pertain to proposals that go against the intent or scope of AB 3121. The scope of this repair should be limited solely to the descendants of those who suffered the generational harms of California injustice, and the intent should be to prioritize and deliver that repair to the community. Lastly, it is important to note that the current efforts to communicate and educate the general public on reparations have failed miserably. I would like to highlight the comments of the last caller that asked for an explanation of why communication efforts have been squandered and why the DOJ lawyers are writing racial-slash-universal language that opposes the will of the lineage-based standard established by the Task Force. With that being said, I thank you for considering my comments. Thank you. Thank you for your comments this morning. I'd like to pause to acknowledge Assemblymember Reggie Jones-Sawyer is present. So it's a bit hard to hear. Can we turn the volume up a little bit if we can? Thank you. For the speakers? For the public comment. The public commenters. The phone line is a bit muffled for some reason. It's hard to hear. Okay. We will check on that. Thank you. Are there any other elected officials who have shown up this morning since we began? All right. We'll continue. Amy, next caller. Thank you. Line 78, your line is open. Line 78, please check your mute button. And with no response, we'll move on to the next line. Line 56, your line is open. Good morning, committee people. My name is Naila Cox, and I am a Black American freedom, a.k.a. African-American, colored, Negro, Black. California Assembly Bill 3121, sponsored by Shirley Weber, establishes a task force to study and develop reparations proposals for African-Americans with a special consideration for African-Americans who are descendants of persons enslaved in the United States. However, this final report contradicts the intended creation of the task force AB 3121, stating many recommendations cannot be implemented only for descendants and must instead be framed to benefit the larger community of African-Americans, Californians, 
or even all Californians. The majority voted on lineage-based solutions and recommendations, yet this is a direct contradiction to the purpose and intent in the creation of the task force. Other examples of this obstruction interference is H.R. 40, H.R. Res. 194, which all refer to the transatlantic slave trade and their descendants. This modification must not be considered. Thank you. Thank you. Amy, next caller. Thank you. Line 36, your line is open. Hello? Hello. Good morning, committee people. My name is Mazan, and I am a black American freedman, a.k.a. African-American, colored, Negro, and black. Reparations historically have never been an all-inclusive claim. No other ethnic group that has or is receiving reparations have been forced to include other ethnic groups in their specific claims. Not the Native Americans, Jewish community, nor Asians. By introducing the larger African Americans, Californians, or even all Californians to this conversation, this now becomes an entitlement program. Now we are not in opposition to introducing programs to fulfill those needs. However, that is not the premise nor direction of this task force. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Amy, open up the next line. Thank you. Line 46, your line is open. Line 46, your line is open. I'm sorry, we will move on to the next line of 53. Your line is open. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can. All right. Well, good morning, committee people. My name is Winter Boyd, and I am a black American freeman, a.k.a. African-American, colored, Negro, black. I want to address this committee this morning because I'm concerned about the final draft being proposed. I would like to start by saying that this final draft, as proposed, obstructs true reparations. These proceedings have been heavily laden with obstructionist behaviors and practices. Commissioner Tamaki, you of all people are fully aware of the importance of having a committee that is representative of the aggrieved group. You are a member of the San Francisco Japantown Foundation Mission, a foundation made up of entirely Japanese immigrant people. The purpose of the foundation is to address concerns of the Japanese immigrant community here in the United States. There are no black, white, Caribbean, nor Hispanic people on that foundation to act as obstructionists to the progress of the Japanese immigrant community. Why do you believe that type of sovereignty isn't deserving of black Americans? Commissioner Tamaki, you are fully aware that the JACL, a.k.a. Excuse the Japanese American Citizen League, was an organization made up of entirely Japanese immigrants. They were responsible for determining the harms to Japanese interned here in the U.S. and what reparations for that internment should look like. They were no black, no white, no Hispanic, no Korean, or no other ethnic group that was part of the JACL. Therefore, there were other ethnicities acting as obstructionists 
to the justice claim for Japanese immigrant citizens. Thank you for allowing me to speak. Absolutely. Thank you so very much. Amy, the next caller, please. Thank you. Line 86, your line is open. This is where you come for the regular hospital. Hello, right? can I be heard? Yes, you this can. Is for the regular hospital Good morning. For St. Louis? Thank you. Okay. This is Angela Nirvana. I'm sure you guys have been missing my testimony. The shenanigans of these hearings have just been seen too much for me. From fighting NARC and Encobra and four task members for lineage based reparations to whites and immigrants being able to have a say at our reparations table when we've never been able to have a say at theirs, to being called racist for speaking up and out about how oppressive an albatross immigration is on black Americans whose ancestors built this country with their lives, contrary to Joe Biden attempting to change history by giving Hispanics all the credit. To the latest betrayal, Democrat-loving Amos Brown, who as president of the San Francisco NAACP wrote a hit piece of a letter opposing cash reparations for the handful of black American San Franciscans who are too poor to even relocate, reducing their reparations to remedial education programs, public housing, and more just over broke jobs. And I've got zero confidence and our anti-black representatives voting for us to get the cash repair. We are long overdue after being legislated out of the state from 17 to 3 percent. I believe y'all are playing in our faces and grifting off reparations to keep a sheep walking to the polls to vote for Democrats to our own erasure and replacement with immigrants. But I'm holding on to my mother's what my selfish comrades wants to know about the residency requirements to receive whatever comes of the reparations you all decide on. Thank you for your time. Justice for Jordan Neely. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Amy, next, next caller, please. Thank you. Line 32, your line is open. Yes, we can barely hear you. Can you speak into the mic a little bit more? All right. All right. I'm sorry, sir. Can you maybe lean into the... Oh, that's better. Go ahead. Hi, good morning, Chair, Vice Chair, and the task force members. Uh, my name is Anthony. I'm a black American freeman, a.k.a. African-American colored Negro black. Slavery is the exploitation that a person cannot refuse or cannot leave because the threats of violence, coercion, deception, or abuse of power. By definition, this is a black American freedom, and the United States is one perpetual enslavement 
the United States government not only exploited I'm sorry, we lost the caller. Okay, let's go to the next caller. Next caller, please, Amy. Thank you. We'll go. We'll go to line 52. Your line is open. Line 52. Your line is open. Hey, I'm here. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes. Hey, good morning. So hopefully my time starts here because I, I didn't know y'all could hear me. Uh, <clears throat> good morning, Grand Rising Committee people. My name is Brandon Tharp. I am a black American freedman, a.k.a. African-American, colored Negro black. Slavery is the exploitation that a person cannot refuse or cannot leave because of threats, violence, coercion, deception, or abuse of power. By that definition, the, the existence of black American freedmen in the United States is one perpetual enslavement. The United States government not only exploited the free physical labor, sweat, and tears of black American freedmen that we could not refuse or leave because of threats, violence, coercion, deception, and abuse of power to bring about financial prosperity to individuals and the country that we do not benefit from. But the United States government also forced black American freedmen to produce the moral and ethical prosperity for other and, and country. That is manifested from our trauma as a result of centuries of terror enacted upon the black American community. Um, I see you all are trying to bamboozle things, but I want you to be martyrs, not to be uh, perpetrators. We were forced to fight for citizenship codified in the 14th Amendment. We are forced to fight for the Civil Rights Act of 1965. We were forced to fight for affirmative action, and yet the black American freedmen, due to government policies and practices, has not been able to receive any. The American freedman has been relegated to a bottom caste with the news on the country. Due to the federal government and the citizenry, the American freedman benefits least from affirmative action. Due to the government and citizenry, black American freedmen have had Civil Rights Act used to vilify and demonize them while others enjoy the benefits of his protection and the comfort of his social safety net for black American treatments. It has become an albatross. Please do not be a perpetrator, be a martyr. This is about lineage, not race. Stop trying to all lives matter this situation. All lives do matter, but this is about a specific group, a specific debt, and a specific country. Thank you. Thank you. Amy, the next line, please. Thank you. Line 31, your line is open. Thank you. This is Jay Watson. Um, since emancipation, state and federal agencies have conspired to obstruct the advancement of black Americans through public and private practices. I never imagined history would repeat itself by displaying what seems to be conspiracy to sabotage this task force in real time. Thanks to DOJ's Michael Newman, task force members Tamaki, Grills, Joan Sawyer and Holder. Since lineage-based reparations were voted into effect, there's been countless efforts, publicly and privately, to undermine lineage-based reparations. For example, in June of 21, pages five and six of meeting, meeting minutes, the task force voted on adding several items to the final report, including a section on eligibility. Every action item was added to that draft released on Monday, except for the section addressing eligibility. I and others are insulted and highly disappointed at the attempt to completely disregard this action item 
and fight to be malicious in nature. Member Grills has personally been responsible for the mismanagement of several communication agencies. All have been failures. Additionally, Member Grills has avoided the proper vetting processes, hired agencies based on personal relationships. Said agencies also have conflicts of interest, including um, favoring race-based reparations over lineage-based reparations. And she's attempted to meet privately with one of these agencies, um, which violates the Bagley King Act. Members of this task force have been fighting tooth and nail, but my concern is that the aforementioned members have been fighting against the very people they've been sworn and tasked to seek justice for. Today, I'm demanding that they be held accountable. I'm demanding they add the eligibility section they voted for. I'm demanding audits for these con agencies. And I'm simply demanding you do your damn job. Thank you. Then needs first. Thank you for your comments this morning. Uh, next caller, Amy. Thank you. Line 44, your line is open. Uh, hello, this is Prince Ramsey. Um, I'm going to address a few things in my uh, two minutes. Um, first, uh, to the task force, actually, let me introduce myself a little more. Uh, my dad was in the Marines and the Navy. I was born in San Diego, grew up in L.A. and live in San Francisco. Um, I emailed the, the task force uh, a proposal for the California Reparations Plan. I also applied to be a research data specialist on AB 3121. I just want to bring that to your attention. Um, and then here's the California Reparations Plan that, that I've come up with based on the United Nations definition of reparations. Um, it says adequate, effective, and prompt reparation is intended to promote justice by redressing gross violations of international human rights law or serious violations of international humanitarian law. Victims are persons, persons who individually or collectively suffered harm. The term victim also includes the immediate family or dependents of the direct victim. And under my uh, proposal, at the victim, African-American freedmen, we have our tribes, Afro, Black, Colored, Negro, Mulatto. Any tribe can apply for federal recognition like SBA and NATO, et cetera. Um, then we talk about the five parts of reparations, restitution, compensation, rehabilitation, satisfaction, and discontinuation. Under restitution, restoring the name, return of stolen property, including intellectual property. Compensation, uh, to close the California wealth gap of 1.5 million. Uh, rehabilitation, Freedman Bureau, Freedman Bank, Freedman Schools, Freedman Hospitals, Freedman Courts. Satisfaction, Freedman Reconstruction, and discontinuation being genocide prevention. Uh, I would love to talk more with Barbara Lee about um, how we can update U.S. Code uh, Title 18, U.S. Code 1091, uh, the law for genocide. In my last few seconds, let me just say this. Um, in order to regain the soul of this country, we do need to have reconciliation, uh, bodily, um, so we can actually have a peace and reconciliation between all of us, right? Um, and then, uh, Reverend Amos Brown, last thing. Um, I think you need I'm, to make I'm so a new sorry. clear Your statement about the $5 million. Okay. Thank you for calling in. Uh, Amy, our next caller, please. Thank you. Line 100. Your line is open. I am Friday Jones. My name is Consa Jones Muhammad. If you are here from CJEC, NAASD, ARC, please stand up. If you are part of those organizations, you see them with their feet. We are the people, Marcus Champion, Chris Lawson, wrote in the specificity into AB 3121. Part of the reason that you all are here is because these people consistently showed us to call and push this legislation through. 
I need you all to recognize these people in the book when the history is told. You tell it the right way. Camila Moore, I salute you. You have been fantastic on being on task. The people who voted, the five voters for Millennium-based repair, I salute you, you and thank you for staying to the mission. We are here today for a mission. It is reparation, it is lineage-based, and I want the people standing to be remembered and not the YouTubers who disparage us, not members who were appointed to NART and then let people talk in the room and disparage and say, we got crazy money, we are self-funded people. Our ancestors were linked. My grandmother left the because black women were being built. But when you don't remember us, you put respect on our name. And that's for some of the people up in this audience, too, who don't know how to keep my name out their mouth. Okay. Next, next caller, Amy. All right. Thank, thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank uh, we need to get back to the public. Order, 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 everyone. Order, order. Where is security at? Where is security at? Everyone needs to stop right now. We're security. All right, thank you, everyone. If you take your seats, please, we can resume the meeting. Everyone needs to sit, stay seated. Everyone needs to sit down right now. Everyone sit down. Sit down. Everyone sit down. Sit down. People in the center, sit down. Sit down. Sit down. We are resuming the hearing. Sit down. We are, we are with the phone lines right now. I'm going to turn to Vice Chair Brown for a comment, and then we're resuming business. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, please. Could we have everyone's attention, please? We want to hear everyone. Let us respect each other. Please, 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 everybody, please. Just brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. Excuse me, Vice Chair Brown is at the floor. You need to sit down. 
Please, and sir. Please, brother. We know that, brother. That's why we're here. Come on, let's let's hear each other, please. Let us hear each other. Okay. Are we ready to go back? Um, please. Madam Chair, go ahead. All right. Um, the phone line. Okay. So it's 10 o'clock. Just to do a quick check-in, um, we have uh, several callers on the line. We've been taking calls for a half hour, and recognizably we started a little bit late, so we'll just continue. Uh, Amy, next caller. Thank you. Line 84, your line is open. Thank you so much. Hello, my name is Stephanie Martin, Director of Quantum Consultations, located in Desert Hot Springs, Riverside County, Southern California. This is north of Palm Springs. My social location is that of a Californian. My race is white, Scots-Irish, English-American. My ancestors have been here since the colonial days. I'm calling in for support of this work. I want to express my thank yous to Secretary of State Dr. Shirley Weber for being such a wonderful leader of our time. Also, I love Congresswoman Barbara Lee's presence and important comments and wisdom. Also, thanks to this panel and everyone who cares to have taken the time to participate on this. I want to thank Dr. Cheryl Grills for being aware of Southern California's flights and social location, in particular Section 14, Survivors and Descendants of Palm Springs, and coming out to the United Methodist Church back in late September late February. I really hope your intention and motivations align with the descendants of, of enslaved African Americans in your position on this task force. And also understand the living people who qualify for reparations are more than descendants of those held in bondage. They do have multiple identities and lineages. For, for this purpose, this is a specific population of descendants of the enslaved. That is the root of the harm of it all. The specific stories local here in California have the power to tie into the larger picture of the generational past and wider history of California to the United States of America and its peoples. I'm also wanting to say this. To the people who don't qualify for reparations, must respect those who do. We all need to support this. Reparations need to make whole, harm's done. The restitution is owned. Monetarily, happen to these people, it could happen to anyone again if we all don't take the time to recognize and, and reconcile. Segregated neighborhoods with little known cultural diversity can be traced directly to a housing or economic direct harm committed to those segregated neighborhoods in California. This means that claimants cannot only trace their ancestry directly to people held involved sometimes for generations, but continue to be harmed through legal, economic, and economic and social policies, redlining, the like when they migrated to California from the South, hoping to not be treated like that. Race-based policies have to stop, like the other callers have stated. This isn't just equitable. Uh, this, 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 this isn't equitable, the race-based. It's out of scope of this repair. This is a genealogy tool study primarily. The American freedmen, that's, that's, that's the buck started in the Civil War era. This is a harm done back in the 1619. This, 40 acres in a mill rhetoric only detracts from what the 21st century resolution or reparations should look like and be. This isn't fair because while those records in that bureau Thank are Thank you so much for your comments and calling no in this morning. I'm sorry to cut you off in the middle of your sentence. Amy, next line. Thank you. Line 108, your line is open. Hi. Uh, hi, my name is Catherine Wade. Can you hear me? 
Yes, we can hear you. Hello? Yes. Okay. My name is Catherine Wade, and my uh, parents were from Mississippi, moved to San Francisco where I was born. But I want to talk about systematic oppression and injustices today. If you look up Antioch Police Department, they have a 21-page report. My son was on that report. He was beat. He was hunted. He died at the hands of Antioch PD. I still don't know what happened to my son. But about the reparations, we need that money so we can do what we need to do to heal our community, our culture. My mom's birth certificate is different from mine. My children's birth certificate is different from, from, my, from mine. We are different. But we're, we're African Americans that were brought in here. Slavery, our ancestors built this country up. We need our money so we can teach our children the joy and the glory and how powerful we are as black people. They don't talk about the Marcus Garvey. They don't talk about the Black Panthers. My daughter didn't have a chance to meet her uncle, little Bobby Hutton, right there in Oakland because he was murdered by the police. So we need to get our money, put our funding in organizations where we can run them and we can help heal our people. We can empower our people for generational wealth. The, the 40 acres and the mule, I remember the mule plowing the land while we was working in those crops. The 40, the land is already claimed, but yes, give us our money so we can purchase some. That's all I got to say. Pay us what you owe, Ashe. Thank you so much. Hello, my mic on? Yes. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, just a, a quick check-in, folks in the audience. We have about uh, 20 more minutes of in-person callers, phone callers, and then we'll turn to in-person. So thank you for your patience. Uh, next caller, Amy, next line. Thank you. Line 109, your line is open. Yes, good morning. I'll be heard. Can you speak up a little bit? Yes. Um, thank you. Okay. My name is Dr. Paris. I'm a foundational black American, descendant of American child slavery, and I am calling to um, stress the fact that we need to keep stressing that this is a linear space. This is not a race space. It is lineage based. Shout out to C. Jack. Shout out to the FBA family that's in the today. This morning, <clears throat> I see you. I appreciate all the work that you're doing. Um, we have to make this clear because California is going to set this tone for the rest of the nation. Whichever way California goes, uh, the rest of the nation is going to go. And I would love to see these task force in all 50 states, because basically all 50 states of the country have uh, partake in chattel slavery and, and slavery as a country, and they all hold. So whatever California does, the rest of the nation does. So we need to be very clear and very precise that this is monetary-based. We need our reparations, it is owed to us, it's debt that is owed, it is not canned out, and are not begging, this is something that is owed. If we built this country, our ancestors built this country, there'll be no United States of America for any of these illegal immigrants to flee to, immigrate to, whatever they want to call it to, without our ancestors' blood, sweat, and toil. So pay what you owe, cut the check. 2024 is right around the corner. You Democrats want our vote. I'm going to have to do something tangible for us. Not just in California, but all over this country. So do the right thing. And shame on you, Dr. Amos, uh, Reverend Amos. You ditched this out on the last task force to go to Ghana with uh, Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris. Y'all should both be a fan of yourself. Pay what is you owe. Pay what is due. Cut the damn check. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Amy, next line. 
Thank you. 111, your line is open. 1 what? 11. Go ahead, sir. 111, that's me. Oh, oh, ma'am. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Good morning. Hey, good morning. My name is Kim Artie Lutolo. I'm the president of Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network, an Oakland chapter with 432 cities in my jurisdiction. As an African-American woman, I want to say first and foremost that there is nothing that you can do to truly repair the damages that have been inflicted upon my people during slavery. We are still in slavery. The shackles are on our minds. The monetary peanuts that are being proposed is like putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. You need to up that ante amount 10 times or more. We need fertile land given to us per state, include all labor and materials to build our own homes, hospitals, schools, banks, electrical grids, solar if possible, and gas. Stop all the funding for research and studies in regard to reparations. We already know what that's about, the facts are the facts, and the truth is the truth. Redistribute those millions of dollars for the research into the budget that we're talking about today. The United States of America, our country, must be held accountable. Cut the check. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Amy, next caller. Line 25, your line is open. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can. My name is Marcavis Bashar Johnson, Dash Great Fly America, Aboriginal Civil Society, owner of Kepara Big Book, Instagram Kepara the Movie, D Entertainment, Land of Miracle Honey, author on Amazon. In this challenging experience, there are credibility issues. They work on propaganda and Jim Crow to discredit our copyrighted materials and patents and trademarks to say that we're not the people that invented these things. You remember like the people that hacked my account. They're trying to say I wasn't a black king, like this fake ass pedophile and ass, you remember me? Um, 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 Epstein ass king, you remember me? You know what I'm saying? It's wearing the clown of the black prince of Alejandro Medici. Medici. So where do we learn from these set of bitches? Ask them to show the evidence that I'm not a great and you are. In parliament and government, you hear me, they, they, we need to change the disposition and the depositions of the secession, and we will be successful in the linear-based approach. But government who tends to do it over administration, over traditional society, that's the checkmate. We're fucking checkmating this shit, you hear me? Good day, chef, Cherry Host. You know what I'm saying? My book, Land of Milk and Honey, is a dichotomy of world religion and customs and traditions and clears up the ambiguity of agriculture and commerce. You know what I'm saying? You hear me? Like, if you say, I don't give a fuck if you're in the streets, I don't give a fuck, you know what I'm saying, about none of that shit, you hear me? If you can't prove that I'm the king of the streets, you hear me? And say that I'm not, you hear me? I'll act the biggest, you hear me? And that's my time, you hear me? I'll rest with that, you hear me? I bet you can't say nobody say I ain't, you hear me? I bet you can't, can't say nobody say I ain't the realest nigga they ever made, you hear me? And still living, you hear me? And broke out of jail a hundred times. Try me a hundred times, you hear me? I'm out, you hear me? I love y'all, you hear me? Anybody fuck with y'all is murder. Thank you. Next, next caller. Amy, next caller, please. Line 93, your line is open. Hello. Good morning. Hello, we can hear you.
Line 93, your line is open. I think we might have lost her. We will go to line 115. Your line is open. Hello. Good morning. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Yes, hi, my name is Ella Baker, and uh, thank you for having me. Um, Good morning, committee people. As I said, my name is Ella Baker, and I am a black American freedman, a.k.a. African-American, colored, Negro, or black. Uh, Vice Chair Brown called for a public bid to select communications firms. Task Force member Grills vehemently in opposition to a bidding process, she intervened and said she would take control of it. Task Force member Cheryl Grills and Brunch Center presented communication agencies that she had personal relationships with, which has raised concerns as it reeks of conflicts of interest. Lineage-based reparations is the goal with this task force. However, the partner communications firms share ideologies focused on race-based reparations, contrary to this task force mission. They have proven themselves to be incompetent and have violated the public trust. The 1.3 million that was allocated for this task resulted in only a 2,600 Cal- only 2,600 Californians being reached. How has this 1.3 million been spent? What company nor what government agency spends 500 per person for customer acquisition, while the average cost of qualified customer acquisition leads for online marketing agencies, which are around $87 each? Am I the only one that thinks this cost is astounding? Between Grills and the Bunch Center, uh, seven not-for-profit organizations have had 50K laid upon their laps with no effort, no result. I'm curious, how much has Shona Charles firm Thank you so much for your comments this morning. I'm sorry to interrupt you in the middle of your sentence, but your time is up. Amy, next caller, please. Thank you, line 116, your line is open. Line 116, your line is open. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Thank you very much. Good morning, all. Hello, Task Force. Thank you for taking my call. My name is Dr. Tish Crawford. I am a part of the California Black Lineage Society, and I'd like to bring to your attention some things that need to be added to the final report. First of all, March 29, 2022, your lovely task force determines that lineage would be the base for eligibility. However, a section is not devoted at all to what the eligibility would look like in the task force report. So I plead to you that section needs to be put in before we say that this is complete. Second, we need to make it clear that part five of the final report is not reparations by removing it, separating it, or adding clarifying language. It just is not going to work. Number three, um, we need to remove part five that anything in part five that misrepresents or contradicts AB 3121. Remember, there was a vision, there was an author, 
and it stated that the task force will follow through on that vision. So please adhere to that and not make any other type of confusing remarks. Also in the part regarding the eligibility, as we know, to trace genealogy, you need birth certificates and death certificates. So I think to be added to that part, those items should be free for people who are claiming to be descendants of slaves. We didn't make this problem, but we shouldn't have to pay for it. So that's very clear. That needs to be changed immediately. And also, I'd like to thank the task force for sending out Chairman Camilla Moore. She spent two days in Riverside, and it was wonderful. The people came. They responded to her. They responded to everything that you guys are doing here. And I'm just really appreciative that you brought out so many of the descendants, and she was there for two days. So thank you for that representation. Please stay on task, add that eligibility section, and most of all, stay clear and stay with the true vision of AB 3121. Thank you please. so much for your you call this morning. Thank you. Amy, next line, please. Thank you. 112, your line is open. Good morning, good afternoon, um, California Reparations Task Force. Um, hello, Chairman Moore. Thank you for all your hard work, CJEC, and everyone else out there on the ground. This is Dawn Page of Concerned Black American Citizens. I wanted to uh, mention just a couple of things. Um, Executive Order 13985 by Joe Biden, January uh, 20th, 2021, calls for disaggregation. And I wanted to take this time to um, shout out to the Office of Management and Budget and the U.S. Census to um, comply with this executive order and release us from the straitjacket of the uh, African racial group definition that has forced teamed us with disparate ethnic groups and created a scenario of legislative apartheid that has served to systematically economically exclude us from government contracts, services, resources, employment, etc. Um, the Office of Management and Budget in the U.S. Census helped create this problem of multiple names and we're asking for three new categories that respects all individual groups, Black Americans, Caribbean, and Sub-Saharan African would be the three categories. Um, this legislative apartheid has resulted in 80 to 90% of affirmative action going to white women and um, immigrants. I would love to see us include a section that looks at the discrimination that we have suffered the economic exclusion through government contracts in um, California. Um, I recently submitted an RFP for the city of LA that was looking for a reparation-based uh, organization to do their outreach, and they rescinded that RFP, and that is just another way of, you know, basically siphoning off intellectual property and then denying us from the rewards of our work. I wanted to call out the AAPI community who testified on March 24th falsely uh, claiming that black Americans are the face 
of uh, Stop Asian Hate or the, the face of Asian hate crime, which is completely ludicrous. Um, they and their accomplices, the Manhattan Institute. Thank you um, so much for your like call, call this morning out. and sharing your um, thoughtful comments. Um, but uh, your time is up. And we have time for just two more callers. So, Amy, our next to last caller, please. Thank you. Line 121. Your line is open. Hi, my name is Constance Johnson. Um, and I am calling one to reiterate some of the comments that were made earlier about um, just emphasizing the lineage based um, uh, prerequisite for. Um, the benefits that will be available, as well as for uh, the language within the report itself. So a lot of the language that is there that outlines the research that's been done, that looks at um, the various areas, um, specifically stating that the recommendations uh, moving forward from the report will specifically benefit those who are foundational black Americans and who are from the descendants of slaves um, like myself. And also just the perspective of the report. Um, so for example, one of the recommendations is um, repealing Prop 209. And that's from the perspective of um, us as a group going to the government and going um, for contracts or for positions that are within um, that particular um, section or branch of um, policy or um, institutions, as opposed to uh, building something that is of our own or something that is new and something that is sovereign um, that could even be modeled after what Native Americans have within their own lands and territories and communities. And so from the report, which is outstandingly done and delineated, um, it seems as some of the suggestions and recommendations are to go back to the same institutions which have created a lot and reinforced a lot of the injustices and disparities as opposed to putting effort and energy into creating new opportunities for um, the descendants of Thank you black so Americans much for your caller. Thanks for taking the time to call in this morning. Uh, your comments are noted. And this will be our last uh, caller. And then we will switch to in-person, the first five uh, in-person folks. So last caller, Amy, go ahead, please. Thank you. Line 126, your line is open. Hello, uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. All right. All right. Um, good morning, committee people. My name is Winter Boyd, and I am a black American freeman, a.k.a. African-American, colored, Negro, black. Now, reparations historically have uh, never been an all-exclusive claim. No other ethnic group that has or is receiving reparations had ever been forced to include other ethnic groups in their specific claims. Right, not the Native Americans, the Jewish community, nor Japanese American immigrant community, right? And so despite Germans and Italians being interned during World War II, they were included in the Japanese American immigrant justice claim for internment. 
the Germans and Italians would, uh, would have established their own claim despite being interned as well. And so by introducing, quote, the larger African-American Californians and even all Californians, end quote, to this conversation, this now becomes an entitlement program and not reparations. Now, we are not opposed to introducing entitlement programs to fulfill those needs. However, that is not the premise or direction of this task force. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, uh, Amy, and all of the in-person callers who took the time to come out this morning and call in. So we will now switch to um, in-person. And, and if the first five folks who re received a number, one through five, and um, as you make your way, we are also going to, as with previous meetings, allow for uh, special accommodations. So we will take Bishop Williams first. He will be our first speaker. And also, this is a good time to find out if there are any elected officials in the audience who have showed up today to um, provide uh, a welcome. So if you could please um, come and see me or your representative, let me know that you are here. So the first five folks will start with Bishop Williams, and then number two is Yvonne Westerner. And please forgive me in advance if I um, mispronounce your name, Duan and then four is Jonathan Burgess, and then number five, Tosca Bolland. So if those five folks, along with Bishop Williams, will um, line up, everyone else can stay relaxed and seated, and we will take you in the order that you received your number. Good morning. You all should give me ten minutes. Uh, uh, Bishop William, everyone. Oh, uh, okay. You have, you have two Amy minutes, Brown but do your best. <laughs> Go ahead, pass, uh, uh, Bishop uh, Williams. Speak into the mic. That fifty million dollars that you took out, we want it back in our community. Okay. Yeah, you uh, got that money and took the vice president to Africa. You know, you try to make a whore out of her. Mm -hmm. It works now. Uh, okay, thank you. Please, 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 Bishop, honor the title that you carry. And don't speak about my member, Kamala Harris, that way. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Shut up, man. You ought, you ought to be, be ashamed of yourself. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Thank you. You're okay, dirty everyone. Shh, everyone be quiet. I have something to say before we go to public comment. I'd like to acknowledge an important person in the room, Elaine Brown, who was the first, first woman chairwoman of the Black Panther Party. Please stand up, Elaine Brown. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Chairwoman Brown. So now we'll turn to public comment again, and we will resume. No one can interrupt. Everyone has two minutes. Bishop, you may resume. Okay. I thank you all for being here. Thank you for having everybody else here. But the thing that I want to say through all the research that I've been doing for 50 years, you know, I told you all I'm 88 years old and I'm a slave, real slave from Alabama and Florida, okay? So uh, I was hoping that some of y'all would, number one, reach out to find out something about where I was in slavery. And I told you about all these young men with buried there, okay? Black young men buried there, shot down with their best shotgun. I told you all about that. Ain't nobody reached out to me. All the reporters here and everything, they didn't want to know nothing about it. They, they didn't want to take nothing to the news about this and everything like that. We discriminated so much. We need black TVs and radio station and news, black newspapers to put the truth out here about blacks because most people today is so many Ku Klux Klan. There are a lot of black people of Ku Klux Klan today. Amos Brown, you one of them. Look, what I want to really want to say, all the research that I did, I have all the proof the Port of Oakland is a slave camp. And I want 50% of the Port of Oakland for black people's money, the land, and everything. I want part of, that, part of the airport, part of the golf course, and everything for black people right here in Oakland. I'm, I'm put a, 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 a town, black town there, Black Wall Street for black people. Okay? It's been two minutes. You Thank know, you, Bishop. You know, and the personal attacks are unwarranted. Thank you. Next Thank person. You. Person, thank you. It's been two minutes. You're out of order. Next person, please. Thank you. I'm busy. Person, thank you, Bishop. Next person. Next person, please. Thank you. Thank you, Bishop. Bishop Henry Williams has been fighting this good fight for 50 plus years. Excuse me, sir, do you have a number? My number is two. Okay, go ahead. And we're right here on behalf of Bishop Henry Williams. No, you're out of order. Number two is back there. Next person. Number one is Les Robinson, and number two is the woman behind him. Thank you. Number one, you're next. Thank you. Yvonne Westerner is number two. Good morning, Task Force. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. My name is Pastor Les Robinson. I'm originally from Sacramento, California. I'm the great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Blue, who was a slave who came out here from Kentucky and discovered gold in 1749, bought up seven blocks of downtown Sacramento, started a cleaning business, started a church and a school for minorities in his church home, his church home was burnt down, he stayed. 
His church is still in existence. It is called St. Andrew's AME Church. It is 172 years old. From the power of that church, he started having what we have come to know as Colored People's Council. And he rallied from 10 Northern California counties, the black leadership, and they began to raise money to uh, hire lobbyists to have two initiatives passed. The first one was the right to vote. They started this process in their first meeting in 1854 at and St. Andrew's AME Church. The second initiative was the right that African Americans could testify against whites in court. It took them nine years, but they achieved this in, 18, in, in 1863. Amen. That's okay. You can clap for that. We have a right to vote today. We have a right to testify in court today because of this great man. I'm upset because no one knows his name. His name is Daniel Blue. He's my great-great-grandfather. Why isn't there a school named after him? Why don't we hear about him? Why didn't we learn about him in our history books? And I'm here to fight for that. Why aren't our accomplishments as black Americans recognized in American history? Because if they were, we wouldn't need a Black History Month. If we were included in the American history and given the credit for what we've done, we wouldn't need Black History. We wouldn't need a Asian uh, American History Month or Hispanic History Month. I'm saying equity for everyone. And I want to know what happened to all that land that he owned. The land in which he is reported to own is now stands the Southern Pacific Railroad Museum in Sacramento, California, the Southern Pacific Railway Yard, Amtrak Station, the Federal County Courthouse, and the County Courthouse in the city jail. What happened to that land? It was taken by eminent domain. I, I want to know what happened to that land because I didn't get the, the benefits of that land. I grew up in poverty. Thank you so much, sir. I'm so sorry to interrupt you in the yes. middle of your sentence, but thanks for coming yes. all this way. Thanks for coming out. We need and reparations. Your, and your important comments. Thank you. All right, next, next we should have number two, Yvonne Westerner. Westover. Yes. Westerner, thank, thank you. you. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me this morning. I am the wife of Pastor Les Robinson. Um, Quickly, we've seen America rally behind court cases through the years over intellectual property and real property, oftentimes resulting in millions of dollars in restitution. We rally behind it without the blink of an eye because it's something that has been stolen and restitution should be made. We cannot forget or ignore the fact that we stole people from their native land. We stripped them from their families, from their culture, and from their birthright. Yet white America has turned a blind eye to this and say they should get over it or it's been so long and it doesn't affect the American African or the African Americans today because it happened so long ago. On behalf of myself, my family and my ancestors, I want to publicly apologize to the African American community for our ignorance, our arrogance, our insensitivity to your cause and for any part we may have had in the atrocities done to your people. I stand here today humbly to show my love and support. Whether enslaved or freed, we know that many African Americans have had inventions they didn't get credit for and therefore earned no revenue. Land was stolen from many, as in my husband's case. My husband has the deeds to these properties. That state, this land belongs to my descendants forever and ever. There should be no question of what should be done. His land has been stolen, his generational wealth stolen. 
the schooling opportunities he should have had stolen, his opportunity to grow up in a safe environment where his family could afford housing stolen. He was forced into poverty, running to and from school, hoping to avoid getting into a fight or even getting shot and killed. This wasn't the legacy his grandfather left him. His rightful inheritance was stripped from him. Where is his restitution? There is no record of the properties ever being sold. If this were a claim about a white man's property being stolen, I'm sure the court case would have been resolved by now. He Thanks. should have the right to reclaim financial compensation for what was left to him by his great-great-great-grandfather, Daniel Blue. Thank you so much for so that he may pass this it down morning. to his descendants. We really Thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. All right. Next person. This is, you should have number, you should have number three. Me, hold on. Before number we three. start, yes. look, everyone will have two minutes to speak. I understand it's a free country, free speech, but we have to do better than this. We have to do better than this today. Okay. The next okay? Thank you. The next so the next person is going to speak and afford every person the opportunity to have their two minutes to say what they want to say. Thank you, Chair Moore. The next person sh at the mic should be Don. Don, it's your turn. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. I'll be quick. I want to speak to organizations that continue to speak harm. A, speak a little bit into the mic. We can't um, hear you. I said I want to speak to organizations that continue to harm and thwart this effort. Racist organizations such as the Native Sons of the Golden West and the Gold Discovery Association formed alliances with the Attorney General, California State Parks, and the Governor to steal land from black families throughout this state through eminent domain. These two organizations, although there are many others, still thrive today and work, <clears throat> and work hand in hand with state officials. In fact, there is a reference to both organizations on the California State webpage. Their bylaws included statements such as, Preserve America for the white man. Keep California white. Race mingling is a sin. These organizations funded UC Berkeley and other institutions of higher education, work, wrote curriculum for public schools, funded state parks, assisted in the drafting of legislation to take property from black families. The Native Sons were very local and took a public position in favor of Japanese internments. They prolifically partnered with the Commissioner of State Parks to secure land for the white race, their statements, not mine. The pain they caused is evident today. So if you ask why we don't learn the true history of black Californians, the true history of what was taken, the pain, the harm, look to these organizations that still are alive and here and thrive and partner with the state of California. We must take lead on creating curriculum for schools, preserving our heritage, commissioning our own plaques, monuments, taking back our history and artifacts kept by the state of California in educational institutions, like the native tribes in California have done. With the Freedmen's Association Bureau, whatever you want to talk, call it, let's ensure we craft legislation that historically preserves our land, our history, our story, and removes historically racist organizations from partnering with the state of California. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for your comments. Next, we should have Jonathan Burgess, number four. Good morning. Good morning, uh, Task Force Chair, Chair Brown. You guys, uh, I want to thank you for your work. 
But I want to, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't tell you my disappointment. Uh, Assembly member Reggie Jones, so you said, so go California, so goes the nation. That's been said a lot. Um, what this report is missing, and Reverend Brown, you fought tooth and nail to take this back to 1850. As I said before, there were black landowners, some of my ancestors, that had millions of acres of land in California. And for us to not put a dollar amount on it is a miscarriage of justice and is disingenuous. I know what my family had. Got deeds that go back to 1870. Those ancestors that lie under Folsom Lake that were pushed off ravines, lynched in the gold fields, and made millionaires out of some of the European families, paid for it. And if our economists don't evaluate those numbers, well, the $1.2 million, that's a drop in the bucket. I'd rather there be $10 million. Reverend Brown, in fact, $5 million is not enough when you look at the atrocities that happened to our ancestors. Nobody's talking about it. When I can have a white friend tell me about the folks that were lynched in Coloma behind land that was black land and we want to be silent about it today those are the harms that happened to my ancestors that we don't talk about when you talk about generational trauma right that exists today in my DNA it's because that happened in Tamaki we don't talk about it but we know about the internment camps we know about what happened to the Jewish folks what about our folks and when the president of the United States who was the California governor, Ronald Reagan, can sign off on resurveying land that belonged to black families, many that we don't know because we don't know our DNA. But if I look at my DNA, because my ancestor left the autobiography, I got white descendants in Virginia. Mr. Burgess, thank you okay. so much for coming out today. And as always, thank you for your comments. And I want to thank you guys, too. I appreciate you. I'm going to go. I'm going to leave it right here. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Our next, next speaker should be Tosca Bowen, number five. Who has number five? Sir, do you have number five? Is that number five? <laughs> thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Donnie Brown from Los Angeles, California. Watch Baby. Watch Riot. We, um, the, the, please, brothers and sisters, as Rita Franklin said, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, let us respect each other, give each other the honor and the respect. We don't need to go out or rap on this meeting to this American media, that we did not respect each other here. That's all we're asking. We all have different positions, and we should respect each other's position. We get nowhere other than giving the enemy some negative mess to say about us. And I'm asking... I'm pleading that we okay, not let security, this happen. I want them out. I get want security, that contingent security. out. Security, I need security. that contingent out. I need those contingent in the corner out. They have to go. They have to go. CHP, CHP, I need that contingent over there out. Escorted out. Escorted um, out. They're disrupting the meeting. They need to be escorted out now. Out. Okay. 
sir, sir, you are our next our next speaker. Put it out immediately. Okay. Thank. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for your patience. Our next speaker, please approach the mic. You and we will we will start your two minutes over. So thank you. Good morning. Thanks for coming out and taking the time. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. The world is watching. The world is watching us right now. We need unity. The United Nations declared that the United States of America owes African Americans slavery descendants reparations. Look it up. That's in the United Nations. What Dr. Shirley Weber has done for the state of California was find a way that nobody else could to get reparations in legislation, the first of its kind. So let's not mix apples with oranges. Federal versus state is different. So I'm appreciative to the people that's been involved with AB 3121. We need to unite. We need to rally, we need to barbecue, we, we need to hang out, and we need to show the world that we're behind this thing. Now, just like our ancestors done to get out of slavery, I'm sure, I'm sure they went into prayer. I'm sure they prayed and prayed and sung gospel songs through hard times. And we have these two men right here, Honorable Reggie Sawyer and Honorable Stephen mm -hmm. Bradford. These two brothers are going to be doing the, the, heavy, the rest of the heavy lifting through the legislation. We have to lift them up in prayer. We have to keep them in prayer every day as they fight the fight and communicate and put together the proper package Sir, thank you. Thank you so much for your comments this morning. Thanks for coming out. If we could have the next ten speakers line up, please. That would be numbers. If you have six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, or fourteen, or fifteen, please line up. And if the Darlene Crumley, can you please approach the mic? All right. You may begin. All right, I would like to say good morning. My name is Darlene Carmody. I am a member of CJEC in Arc Bay Area. And in, I would like to talk about Chapter 18 in your Part 5. You do discuss in AB 3121 that there is special language and special considerations for African Americans who are descendants of persons enslaved in the United States. However, you also mention that in the language of AB 3121 that Extensive testimony and other evidence was submitted and that the task force has considered the impact of historic and ongoing discrimination on the larger community of African Americans living in California. Are we talking about those who chose to come here? Okay. 
You also mentioned that the term is used to include persons who individually or collectively suffered harm. The term has been interpreted to include not only the person who the direct Pausing public comment, Ms. Scruddy. The, the meeting has been paused because I'm calling for CHP to escort the people in the corner out of the meeting so that we can resume business. So do not stop talking until these people get out of the hearing. To resume, we have to pause business right now because of disruptors. OCHP is getting called right now for the people in the corner to be escorted out. that we have order thank you sorry for the interruption to the public you may resume your public comment um, also in this chapter uh, you state that the term victim is used to include persons who individually or collectively suffered harm the term has been interpreted to include not only the persons who the direct target of the violation but any other person affected directly or indirectly everyone of the task force recommendation is intended to benefit descendants and a sanction number is intended to benefit descendants exclusively. But you go on to say at the same time, many recommend recommendations cannot be implemented only for descendants and must instead be framed to, to benefit the larger community of African Americans or even all Californians. That is not reparations. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when in 1961, when President Kennedy signed Executive Order 10925, the Equal Employment Opportunity or, or Affirmative Action. Then in 1965, President Johnson signed EO 1124, requiring all government contractors and subcontractors, subcontractors to take affirmative action to ensure job opportunities for minorities. In 1967, President Johnson amended that and included women in affirmative action. This resulted in white women being the primary recipient of benefits of affirmative action. And in contrary to what the media shows you, white women marry white men. So therefore, the benefits and the wealth is still inside the white family, which the black families do not get. So they have a more transfer of wealth than black families. Although affirmative action have helped some black Americans, it did not achieve the goal to repair descendants of U.S. jealous slavery. So let's not repeat history. Let's remove the language from Part 5 that is, misrep is misrepresented or, contracts or contradicts AB 31 or the stated will of the task force that was on March 29, 2022, as the community of elementary is descendants who have 
been here from day one, and we are the ancestors of Thank you so much for coming out, Ms. Crumley. Your time is up. We really appreciate you. And our next speaker, please, uh, Mr. Mr. Morris Griffin, should have number seven, please. Good morning. You may begin. Yeah, it, it's your turn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. I'm Morris Griffin, better known as Big Money Griff, strong community activist, leader, and problem solver, and I'm the chairperson of a group called Crew which is the National Coalition for Reparations and Economic Wealth. And from 1776 to 1850s, when we had the gold rush here in California, if slaves did not have this path to freedom, they had to go back to the plantations. And that's why I brought that. To stay on point, I got here yesterday, Cinco de Mayo Day. And on TV, and here in Oakland, California, the media acts, Assemblyman Reggie Jones-Sawyer. There's a $22.5 billion deficit. What do you say to that? And Reggie Jones-Sawyer said, there's more than one way. There's, there's, where there's a will, there's a way. If you Google, Google tells us today, if you Google on your phone right now, California's budget is $2.296.9 billion. The general fund has $223.6 billion. The special fund has $70.4 billion. The bond fund has $2.9 billion. All we're asking for is $120 billion because I'm demanding that we have $5,000 every single month to the day we die. That's $120 billion a year to stimulate this economy here in the state of California forever. Now, we helped make this country the way it is today, and now all we're saying is allow us to have an opportunity to stimulate this economy with a $120 billion a year. And now I need you to spread the word what you heard. We're asking for a lot less than than the, the, the $5 billion that was asked for in San Francisco. We're asking for a lot less than $1 million that was talked about, but we like the fact that it thank kept us so on board. Thank you for your comments this so morning, and thanks there's for coming so out. More. Thank you, thank you, thank you, oh. thank you. All right, our next speaker should be Orlando Greenhill, number eight. Orlando, good morning. Go ahead and adjust the mic and make yourself comfortable. Good morning. Good morning. Peace to everybody. Cool to see everybody out here for something that has needed to happen for the last 200 years. We often talk about uh, reparations and people say that we're getting a handout, but we've given this country, let alone the whole world, a handout for the last 200 years. No, 500 years. And it's amazing how there's been so many people, like, even recently, in the last few years, there were the Italians that got um, reparations. There's many different people that have gotten reparations. Black Americans have never said anything against that. We've always been for that. Foundational black Americans have given our labor, our ingenuity, and 
our talents to this country while, while going through an, a whole uphill battle and, and facing the most horrendous things that still they're trying to deny to this day. What I want is the same freedom dues that the abolitionists were fighting for. The freedom dues is cash reparations. And so I want to say peace to you guys and reparations, and I'm so glad to see all of you guys here. This is why we're here. Our ancestors are clapping for us right now. Peace. Thank you. Thanks so much. Uh, next speaker should be Darius Lang. Darius Young. Young. Sorry. Thank you so much. Good morning. Good morning to um, the task force members. Um, first of all, I'm Darius Young. And I'm here representing myself as a resident of Oakland, but I'm also here representing the Bay Area Regional Health Inequities Initiative and the Bay Area Advisory Black Housing Task Force. And so I'm here today just to say that, first of all, our task force brings together 80 black-led organizations um, dedicated to serving the health and well-being of California's black communities with expertise in housing development, housing finance, and black economic development. And so I would say that as been articulated within the Reparations Task Force report, we know that black communities are the hardest hit by California's um, housing crisis, and, of two, and that's due to decades of discrimination, redlining, and other um, housing policies, as well as disinvestment. And so what we're asking today is that um, the task force considering um, putting into their recommendations um, our black housing um, development concept and fund that will help to bring prosperity and wealth to African-American-led um, um, communities and also throughout, you know, those communities that are lineage-based that has been exploited by redlining and all the other um, inequities in housing policies that have um, been, you know, brought forth here in California. And so I would also like to say that um, there are several members of the Black Housing um, Coalition that has been instru instrumental in contributing to the work of the task force, and we do appreciate all the work that you all have done and continue to do. Um, I would also say that as of late, um, I and several other um, people within our coalition have been approached by um, the communications group, and we have um, very well work with them to help to get the communications piece out. And that's what's needed, you know, the community to come on board to help getting um, the message out so that more African Americans, especially those that are qualified for the reparations, to be able to take part in this. And so I thank would say you. that even thank if you we so don't, much thank you so much for your comments. Thanks for coming out. Thanks for taking the time out. All right. Next speaker, please. Good morning. You may begin. Good morning. Good morning. I am Raphael Plunkett. Joe and I are here from Diamond Bar, and I'm also here with CJEC today. It's so great to see all of your faces again. Um, first, I want to thank Dr. Weber for my comments. As always, please get the report and get it shared widely. The information needs to be out there. Um, after reading some of the information, I'd like to add that the um, – I'd also ask that you add an eligibility section. I thought we had agreed on that in June of 2021. I ask that there's consistent, clear, and distinct language, black descendants. Without that specificity, we are vulnerable. And for all of these things to go to other groups, please be specific. As for part five, a lot of those things are very necessary for our citizens. That's more universal. 
That is not reparation. The last thing I'd like to talk about is a personal frustration for me. Uh, the typos and the grammar, the grammatical errors that is beneath this body, that is beneath the process, and it is beneath us. We deserve better. I can't imagine, I cannot fathom all of the research that you have all done and all the reading that you've done to have to have dealt with such mediocrity in the face of your excellence. I ask for further excellence going forward. Thank you very much. I'll see you on June 30th. Thank you. Okay, Nadia Myers should be next. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Nadia T. Myers, also known as Luna Nightshade. Um, I am here to represent the deceased. I'm talking about those who have been murdered and not had accountability. Um, we have AI recognition, facial recognition. We have plenty of photographs of historical events of lynchings and other types of atrocities. I would like to see that facial recognition filters will be added to these photos so that we can be able to prosecute those individuals and remedy and mitigate and bring closure to all those families who have lost their loved ones due to um, injustices. I didn't see anything on the proposal that actually dealt with accountability for those who have caused harm. Um, and so I would like to see those um, efforts as well. And again, we don't need necessarily individuals uh, just give the people the money and then they can be able to use the money how they see fit. And I think that's what everyone is trying to say, that um, all the Wall Streets, that, the Black Wall Streets that we have, the Rosewoods, all of these um, places actually put their heads together as a community and they started whatever they needed to do. And it looks like this, pro this proposal is actually trying to... Um, usurp the funds to go to different other organizations and if you just give the people the money and let them have the free will to utilize it as their ancestors were going to use it then I think that would be the most beneficial and again using AI technology to actually identify those who were um, call, who caused the harm and they can be classified as terroristic acts as well as gangs acts and those laws can be used to help mitigate those families who had the loss of those loved Thank ones. Thank you so much for coming out this morning. Our next speaker, I believe, should be uh, Iris People. Please come forward and if you have numbers 16 through 25, if you could please line up. Uh, thank you everybody um, and thank, uh, yes, my name is Iris Peoples and uh, first I want to thank the chair and I want to thank the other members of the task force for um, fighting for lineage-based repair. Uh, next, I want to thank um, some anchor orgs who I have gotten a lot of my information from. Those are CJEC, NAASD, ARCC, and the ETN Media Group. So thank you guys for spreading the word and uh, for keeping us informed. Um, and we know that reparations are the right thing to do and are good for America. For instance, that Citibank uh, or that Citigroup released a report that said anti-black bias has cost 
this nation's GDP over $16 trillion since 2020. And I think $16 trillion can pay for health care for all, it can pay for education for all, and it might even have a little bit of money left over to pay for like a high-speed railway, like from East Coast to West Coast. So we know that um, pr protections for black Americans are actually really, really good for everyone. Um, and then I have a few requests. Uh, the first is uh, to add an eligibility section uh, to the final report. Uh, the second is to uh, to change up uh, part five because it definitely currently contradicts um, AB 3121 as other uh, people have previously stated universal policies are not re reparations, even though they might be a good thing. This is for repair, so it, the universal language has got to go. Um, next, I would like to talk about some concerns. Uh, my really biggest concern is in COBRA, and we have a member on the task force who is the chair of Cobra, who's gotten, I think, uh, $50 million or $15 million, something like that from Wells Fargo. On um, April 19th, at the State of the Black World, Grills told guests that she and others are fighting against lineage repair. And I'm like, if you are fighting against that, what are we even doing here? Because we know race-based policies are illegal in California. So I'm very, very concerned about that. And last, I just would like to mention my grandmother, um, Jessie Peoples, who uh, worked for the post office, and she earned enough money to buy homes anywhere in San Francisco, but she saw with her own eyes deeds that said, do not sell to blacks. Thank that you. cost our Thank family millions. Thank you so much for your, your Thank comments. You. Thanks for coming out. Next, next speaker. Good morning. Should be Ashley Haynes. Good morning. Good morning, task force members and chair. As a black American on both sides of my family and a third generation California, Californian, it's clear we all know reparations should have been paid like yesterday. It's for more than just slavery. Everyone else has been paid and now it's our turn. It's for, I came all the way from Georgia to speak for my ancestors and to make sure we get this done right. Black Americans are the only group that has not received reparations for state-sanctioned racial discrimination while slavery afforded some white families the ability to accrue tremendous wealth. I ask that you please consider black Americans that were born and raised in California but left because of gentrification, racism, and out-of-control immigration. San Francisco reparations has a good plan for their eligibility requirements as far as residency and should be considered for the state level claim. Also, most black Americans don't want to be called freedmen. It doesn't apply to California and any race can be classified as that. We don't want to be reclassified to emancipated slaves. It's offensive. And no to peoplehood or anything else y'all come up with. We are black Americans. That's it. Delineation is finally here. Also, we do not need an agency that could potentially steal our money again. So no to a Freedmen's Bureau. We want direct cash payments, just like how the stimulus were sent out. It's our inheritance, and we can handle it. 1.2 million is nowhere near enough. It should be starting at at least 5 million like San Francisco. Thank you so much for your also, comments this morning. I'm so sorry. It's all right, thank minutes. you. All Let's right. get it together and stop running interference. Thank you. All right. Now we're moving on to number 16. Joseph, who has 16? 
If not, we'll move to uh, number 17. Yes, yeah, uh, this should be number 17, and 16 through 25 should have lined up. 17's not here. We'll go to 18. Daniel? Oh, 17. Oh, good morning. Okay. Can you hear me? From my experience and background in STEM, the answer to almost any generalized question of remedy to a problem is it depends on the conditions that contributed to the harm, the conditions in which the recipients of harm still reside, and what resources are available to aid in that remedy. Many times a hybrid approach is required on both the micro and macro levels. This definition of reparations is inherently a hybrid approach and nothing short of the requirements set forth by the UN principles is sufficient to address the harms and atrocities committed against my people, ancestors, and elders, those that are still being committed in the most covert in overt ways against my people and contemporaries and the youth that look to us to set an example through policy, regulation, and financial literacy, and much more. As Chair Moore stated in previous meetings, the only true example cited in the chapter... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.